Welcome to Malcolm Reed's Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now here's your hosts, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Malcolm Reed. I'm joined by my lovely wife, Rochelle. How are you today, Shell? I'm doing good, Malk. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. And we're starting a brand new thing here at How to Barbecue Right, and it's going to be a podcast. You know we do the videos on YouTube, and we do our newsletter. Uh, we keep up with our blog. Well, we wanted to add a podcast just so we could, uh, you know, let y'all see the inside of what we have going on here at How to Barbecue Right. And of course, we're going to talk about barbecue. But we're also going to talk about the recipes we're working on, the videos we're doing, what we have going on in the comp world, pretty much anything we want to talk about. Um, Shell wants to bring guests on, just to, uh, some people <laughs> that we that like. we want to yeah, talk we, to. We want to invite out our friends and, you know, just uh, have a good time with the podcast. We hope uh, you guys will start listening, and we're going to have a lot of fun with this. And, you know, some of them will be short, some of them will be long, but it's new to us, a new world of podcasting. We just want to welcome everybody. Yeah, we're just going to talk about what we want to talk about. It might not always be barbecue, but it's always going to be about something good to eat, more than likely, knowing us. Hey, that's right. Well, the first thing, you know, I kind of jotted down a few notes today to kind of give us some framework. <laughs> I feel like you're reading them, too. <laughs> but what we're going to talk about first is the new video that I did last week. We were actually out of town, but before we left, we filmed a video, and Rochelle was going to release it while we were in Fort Worth last week. and We, we did, did release the- it. It's the tomahawk steak. I know you guys have seen it. It's a cowboy ribeye, tomahawk, uh, caveman-style steak. It's just this big bone-in ribeye. They still have the whole rib bone attached to it, and it's French back all the way clean, but it's this big piece of meat, and I think that one weighed like right at three and a half pounds. It was monster. It didn't even fit. We had to make sure it was going to fit on the grill. That was one of our deciding factors is what grill to use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went with the 360 because it was long enough. I mean, you got you to think, that thing was huge. I mean, I, I guess it was probably over, well over two foot long. I mean, it was that, the bone on the ribeye alone was monstrous. Before we talk any further about it, I did get that from Matador Prime Beef. Company out of Texas, they ship it right to you. And um, I was contacted by them. That's if I wanted to try something. I said, "Man, you know, you got a tomahawk? I'd love to try that." So they sent me one, and that's how we got to do that recipe. The tomahawk ribeye. I mean, most of them are always at least two pounds. This one was three and a half, and I knew that it was going to take a long time to cook it. You can't just you know do the two minutes, two minutes, flip two minutes, two minutes because it won't be done. And you can reverse sear it. That's one way. I see a lot of people do it. It's where you start it out low and you bring it up. But I wanted to do something a little different. I wanted my grill grate marks to be perfect on it. And I wanted to go ahead and get the outside seared a little bit. So I started out like I would cook a steak in a steak contest. You know, I got my grill grates getting hot. I, you know, we put a load of charcoal in the PK360. and uh, Yeah, and I got it good and hot just so I could sear it. And then... I raised it up on a rack over on the side, the indirect side, and just finished it off. Um, I kept all the seasoning simple on this steak. I put some salt, pepper, garlic on it, let that work for about 30 minutes. And that's really what starts getting the flavors in there. I didn't want to you know, get over the board. I wasn't trying to marinate it or do too much crazy with it. I just wanted a good tasting piece of ribeye, and I wanted to cook it good. And I think the, the uh Video shows how good it was. I hope. I hope you can tell. I mean, not everybody can be here and try it. But right before we started filming, you came up with this idea. You said, "What if I put a rack underneath 
when we put it on the rack, we put a rack underneath, put some butter and some herbs and garlic in it and baste it with it and let it drip in that thing, you know, in the pan and mix. And we just keep basting it in that butter concoction. And I was like, that's a genius idea. Let's do that. <laughs> well, I got that idea from, you know, you've seen, this, you've seen guys cook them in the iron skillet inside yeah. before they stick them in the oven. Yes. They'll... You know, they'll put the steaks in there, sear it on one side, and they'll throw some butter in it. Then they'll throw the herbs and the garlic in there, and they'll just splash it. And I said, I'm going to take it even one step further. I'm going to catch all that beef juice that's dripping down underneath that rack. And that little raised rack for the PK is perfect for a shallow half pan. Yeah. I mean, that that was the perfect size. And since it was off the heat, it, it was hot enough to get it all good and warm, but it wasn't like it was boiling it. So the yeah. butter did start to brown a little bit. The but garlic it looks, started to cook. Oh, man, it was sizzling. Yeah, and that, that, I really think amazing. that's, hey, I'm going to do that in the steak contest yeah. this weekend. I promise you. I've heard a couple people say they're going to try that with the steak contest. And it also creates a heat sink, so it... Blocks a little bit more of the direct heat from the side. Um, You know, that whole process, it was about 45 minutes from the time I seared the steak on both sides and I moved it over to the rack. Um, I didn't know what internal temperature that piece was going to be, but I put a probe in it right in kind of the eye of the ribeye. And it was about 92, I think I remember. when it It was a lot cooler than I thought it would be. I was expecting it to be over 100, but it was still pretty cool. So it slowly climbed up. But um, I would say, you know, I showed you in the video, you got to use a thermometer on a piece of meat like that. You really need one. That's one that you don't want to mess up, and you won't know. You can just watch it with the lid closed as long as you got something. So And make sure, I'd say make sure to, that steak's come up to room temp, too. Yeah, but that's going to slow it down if it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, you want it, I let it set out probably for a good hour mm-hmm. before ever putting it on the fire. And you, half that time was rubbed it and let it sit and start... Yeah, I mean, that's my coming up to room time. I mean, I look at it as kind of a dry marinade. It does start pulling moisture out. I'll go flip it every 15 minutes just to make sure the, you know, both sides is getting contact with the board because that's what's a lot of times that, that's what's making it sweat. Whatever side that salt's trapped on against the board, it starts pulling more moisture out on that side. I just flip it even. But I do that in steak contests anyway. When I put my rub on, I always flip it around every once in a while. We talk about what something you really liked that you did in that video is there something you'd do different um you know i don't know if i'd do different but you really want to make sure your grill's hot but not too hot because if it gets over 700 degrees like that pk will rock and roll mm-hmm. and i was temping it you know and it was reading about 650 but it climbed on up um, to well over 700 degrees and if you if you walk away from it that hot it'll get a little too charry on you um the the bone in that one is a challenge to get the grates exactly like you want them. So I probably would have used more of a weight to press down on the steak on the rack just to, you know, to kind of make sure those grill grates are just perfect. Like, yeah. you know, they were good and they look really good on video, but I want them to be perfect every time. Yeah. And so it, it felt like it probably needed a little bit of a brick or a steak weight or something like that on it just to get a little bit better surface contact. Maybe a little less heat, a little more contact. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's why one reason why I didn't do reverse sear. I really wanted it to look good. Yeah. And so, I don't know if you've ever seen reverse sear steak. I've done them before. When you go to put the marks on them after they've already cooked, they need, you know, they don't look as good to me. And I think it looks better when they hit the grate first and you sear them off because you got raw meat going right on that grate and it puts that defined mark on it. And it makes it look 
I mean, like a professional, you know, you know what you're doing. You need to cook a steak like that. And that's all it is is hot grill grates doing it for you. I told Brad if he ever come out with a grate that already had that diamond pattern in it, he'd, he'd be on to something. What do you say to that? <laughs> I guess it's hard to machine. He told uh, me it's hard to machine them. I can see that. They hadn't figured out that, you know, how yeah. to do that yet. Yeah. He that, loved that the idea, sense. but yeah, but so it's hard to machine them. <laughs> You briefly talked about uh, where we were last week at the MBBQA, but let's tell everybody what that is. Yeah, so you know we we spent I guess the most of last week we traveled to Fort Worth, Texas to go to the 2018 National Barbecue Association conference, and the National Barbecue Association it's um it's an organization where, you know, whether you're in the barbecue business, somehow you want to be involved with. I don't care if you've got a restaurant, if you're into competitions, if you're just an enthusiast, they call it, somebody that likes barbecue, catering. There's a place for you in it. And they're, they're all about networking, um, meet, you know, kind of a place where all of us come together that's in the barbecue industry. And we just hang out and talk and bounce ideas off each other. And the, the conference is all about education. Yeah. I mean, it, now don't get me wrong. If it's barbecue people, you know we're going to have fun. It's, 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 it's probably more, more about fun to us than education. But the MBBQA wants it to be about education. <laughs> <laughs> they, should, they just shouldn't bring Cabo Wild tequila for everybody to drink. <laughs> but, but they had classes Thursdays. Classes Friday, and they kind of do a media track, a business track, and a food track. So you kind of get a little bit of all of that. Um, Plus, they had outdoor demos. Yeah. I mean, live fire cooking stuff. Steak I was contest. yeah. They had that steak contest. We'll talk about they that. I wanted to talk about contests. SCA after a while, but yeah. um, and we then did Saturday. They open it up, and that's when the really enthusiasts come in. Yeah, that's kind of like the meet the demos. meet the grillers, meet the barbecue guys kind of yeah. deal. We did. Um, you know, I was I was asked to do part of the media track. The first, you know, the very first session on Thursday. Uh, that was that was my session. I did. I did it with uh, the cooking comedian Vic Clevenger, and then I did it with Greg Rimpey. Um, You know, he's the host of the Barbecue Central radio show, and he's had that podcast going for years. And that, he, you know, how long did he say he's had that going? Ten. I think or it was like twelve years. 12 years. I think it was twelve years. It was probably yeah. before we started Down yeah. Barbecue Right. He was, you know, and, and I've known who Greg was. I've actually been on his show back. Back in the day, a long time ago, I got to be a guest on there, and I never we didn't really know that much about podcasting, and that's kind of you know we'd already planned on starting this one, but hearing Greg talk and and, and the behind the smoke guys, yeah, and, they and have a podcast that's doing really really well. That really sparked our you know energy or excitement yeah. about doing this, and you know we're hesitant. We're not radio people, just like we're not video people. So <laughs> y'all are gonna have to bear with us here. We may sound crazy. We don't know yet. This is our first one. But we wanted to do it because podcasting is, is a, a great way, and people are listening to more and more podcasts every day. And, I, you know, that's, uh, it's something I definitely wanted to, to dabble and learn. Yeah, that's one thing we learned there. Um, we uh, got to eat some of Black's, the Black's Barbecue people came. Uh, that family came and fed us some beef ribs one night. Oh, man. You know, being a barbecue conference, you know you're going to eat some good food and that dinner was outstanding, yeah. but you know I thought the food all around was very good. Joey uh, from B and B, his crew, they put on a, a fajita lunch. Yeah, yeah. Kendall uh, Adair was a big part of that. They did 
Um, different kinds of, I don't know what kind of flanking or skirt steak or something. They had it lined up. Man, it's like a huge buffet of fajitas that was all fresh, like salsas and, you know, cilantro and yeah. pico and guac and all that. Man, I thought that was a good lunch. And then Diva. Diva and, and Chad. Chad from Traeger, they did um, another beef they dinner. Did yeah, they did tri tips. Man, the macaroni and cheese was killer in that one, yeah. too. And she did a good banana pudding for dessert. I mean, and then Blacks, they did uh, these giant dino bones. You know, everybody's seen those plate ribs. He had a cooker loaded down with them because, I mean, I guarantee you there was 300-something people there at least probably eating dinner. And I, I'd never seen so much beef ribs. I mean, that <laughs> did, was, did you get a picture of that? I, I didn't get I a didn't picture either. of the bones, but I saw they posted on their Instagram the bones all stacked up. Yeah. But, you know, they did them different than I've seen. They they sliced them off the bone. And so it was like the best part of a, a point fatty brisket. Yeah. And then they sliced that up and you ate that. So I said, man, you're fixing to see a video of plate ribs. I'm going to do it. That's, that's one of my videos I'm going to do. I said, I'm stealing that. It? It's like you do plate ribs. Yeah. And instead of cutting them into big dino bone portions, you just take it and uh, cut it off the bone like you would a rib, prime rib roast. Oh, and then man. you can slice that. So it's like sliced short rib. Is what it would be, but man, it was so succulent and smoky, and I wanted to get some of their season. I didn't get to talk to them before they got out of there that day, but I was wanting to try to get some of that. Uh, I guess it's their brisket season, or whatever they use in the restaurant. I think they just have one. Do you I know? It's just their barbecue rub. I found this interesting. I didn't know it. That Black's restaurant in uh, it's in Lockhart. It's one of the oldest. Locations. It's one of the oldest uh, restaurants in the state of Texas, as far as being in the same family. I want to say there's four or five generations of them, and they've all, you know, they've owned it. That family's owned it the whole time. And we went there um, several yeah. years ago when the conference was in San Marcos. We drove over to Lockhart. It was awesome. Any chance we get, anytime we get a chance to go to Texas, we kind of jump on it because we love Texas. Yeah. We love the food. We love the barbecue. But back to the conference, um, you know, I also, Mark Lambert asked me to do a, rib demo with him on Saturday and Saturday was the day that I think you wanted to be there because it was kind of like they sold tickets to the public and anybody could come and they had demos going off every 45 minutes from like Lord's know, Night Out cooked a whole cooked two hogs two, whole two hogs. ways uh, and they was, had a lamb roasting on the spit they did Santa Maria the, demos yeah. uh, Danielle did David Q did some more stuff on yeah. stage showing how to do tri tips with Chad again she did her whole um, she's awesome yeah we did we did the ribs and that was I thought it was a pretty good Mark's one Blacks came back and did their short rib uh, yeah. the whole demo on that I didn't get to try any of it that day samples, we were so busy yeah. yeah that was that was what was cool though Everybody you saw walking around was walking around eating barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that's the first time I've been to like a barbecue event like that where there was so much good stuff just floating around. Yeah. You, you saw nothing but smiling faces. Yeah, Harry Sue did a demo. Oh, he did the pork belly, and I did yeah, try that. That was really good. That was really good. But there was plenty of food. OBR did a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. There was plenty of food. I, we did one of the last demos with um, the ribs, and when I was passing out the ribs, people were saying, oh, I've eaten so much today, but I gotta, I gotta, gotta try. try it. Yeah, the only thing I hated about Saturday was I didn't get to cook in the SCA contest yeah. because the turn-in times was exactly in the middle of my demo, and I just that was one I hated. I did get to cook in that Friday night. Uh, they have a celebrity 
they call it a celebrity SCA event. Yeah. And but man, there were seventy five teams in it. I think they opened it up to everybody. Yeah. They, if you came to cook on Saturday, they let you cook on Friday yeah. night too. And Shauna Rapolo, shout out to Shauna. She won it. That was the uh, that was the, awesome when she won. Yeah, she got the diamond or the rhinestone cowboy hat that Mama Shed always that makes for the the first place prize. And, yeah, thousand uh, dollars cash. Flame Boss put up the money, so she got a thousand bucks cash. She made, she uh, brought it on in for Team B and B. I came in a smooth thirty four. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth 34. But, hey, I thought my steak was good, but, you know, I didn't do anything different when I finished second the week before Nashville. Yeah. But, it's you know, that's what steak cooking is. It's a, it's a, it'll humble you real quick. You can go from the top to mid-pack. Heck, I've been at the bottom before. It really depends on how many beers I'm drinking on that day. <laughs> the gold beers flow and my steak scores go down. There's a fine line between how many beers you can drink and, and where you go finish in top ten or either out. If I'm good, under. if I'm about, yeah, if I'm if I'm three or four beers and under, I'm usually gonna be in top ten. <laughs> Once I get a six in, oh, you can, you can, and then if the whiskey shots come out, oh man, you know, see all y'all people out there, you can sabotage me because it's hard to turn Please down. Don't. Please don't, don't put that out there. <laughs> what about the Bloody Marys? How many Bloody Marys? Bloody Marys too. That's a uh, man. That's one of my downfalls. I love a good Bloody Mary. When we were in um, MBBQA, Waylon went and took old Killer Hogs out to Corinth. Oh, he got the old red trailer out. Uh, they went to him and he actually took our son, Michael. He decided he was going to go cook his first contest the whole and stay all night, do the whole thing, help out. So him and Waylon pulled into Corinth, I guess Friday. Yeah. And that was a good contest. There was 38 teams, I think, there. A lot of heavy hitters were there, and uh, they pulled out the reserve, which I was shocked because Waylon was panicking. He was texting me, <laughs> wanting to know the chicken outline. You know, when do we? When do I light the fire? What time are we going to do all this? You know, what time do I need to put the pork on? And he knows, but it's like he just—I guess he forgot. Well, he's nervous. <laughs> no, it's—he—he's done a couple by himself, and I'm—you know—I know what kind of a challenge it is to do a whole KCBS cook by yourself, and man. Waylon pulled it through. I mean, he got calls in everything except brisket. I think he finished 11th in brisket. But he got two two uh, top threes. Like, I think it was third in port and third in ribs. Chicken was like a strong sixth. And for somebody for somebody that don't cook chicken, <laughs> yeah. Waylon, you know, never cooks chicken. He may have done it twice at a contest, all the contests we've done. But he come in six out there, and, uh, you know, he did a good job. Yeah. I'm proud. I was more proud of them coming in reserve. <laughs> I was like, man, that made my trip home easy. I was I'm about to go back to Fort Worth more often. If it, you know, Michael loved that. He's always going to remember that. You know, getting to go out there when he's eight years old and spend all night with Uncle Way. Oh, uh, the boys from Swine Life called me and they said he he would run up to the stage. Waylon would be a good thirty seconds behind him. You know, Waylon ain't getting in a hurry. Michael would have done been up there. He got to take pictures with them all. That was. That made his day. He's hooked now. He thinks he's a barbecue man. <laughs> he's ready to go to the next I one. I think he did more taste testing than helping. But <laughs> He was the official timekeeper is what he told me. <laughs> Talking about KCBS, what flavors are you doing and what seems to be winning right now? He got Reserve Grand, so. Well, you know, we've done two contests this year. The first one kind of knocking the rust off. We come in ninth overall. Got, got several top ten calls. Um I've seen it, you know, we're, of course, KCBS is that sweet with the little heat predominant. 
So that's something we've kept going. We hadn't adjusted a whole lot this year. I played with some new stuff, you know. I came out with the vinegar sauce last fall, and I never got to use it really in any comps after I got it bottled. And then we'd always, you know, used a little vinegar sauce in our sauce recipe. Well, this year I said, hats in the ring, I'm going 50-50. <laughs> so, so I blended my regular sauce with the 50-50 vinegar sauce. And that's what I, I didn't tell Waylon, but that's what I sent to the contest because I made all the injections and sauces. And so the 50-50 blend, man, it's been killing it so far. We've gotten, I guess, pork calls at both contests. We've been in the top five, you know, to two, three, third place calls. Rib call, chickens got to calls two times. So we've been uh, excited about that. Uh, rubs and stuff, I, you know, I'm, I had not changed my flavor profile on rubs. I use the, the AP, that's no secret, salt, pepper, and garlic. I think every judge out there knows those flavors. So if you got a base layer of that on your meat, they're gonna, that's going to hit a home run already. And then I just use our red rub, the regular D barbecue rub for color. And that's what, you know, it gives it some spice, it gives it some sweetness, builds up bark. But it's really about kind of keeping it simple. That's mm-hmm. what I, that's what I think's been the biggest secret that I've found. Just keep it, make them simple. I, I can't stand about it into a piece of barbecue and there's so many different flavors and they feel like they're fighting each other. Yeah. And a lot of times when you try all these stuff and competition barbecue, people think you got to overdo it and overkill it. That's the, that's the worst is it's got to be balanced. You got to, it's got to make you say, "Mm," at the end of it. Yeah. But you know, Coming up, we don't have any more barbecue contests for a while. We've got a double header steak contest this weekend. Triple header. Yeah, we're doing um, SCA events Saturday at the Variety Club in Bartlett, Tennessee. Is there an ancillary involved in that one at all? Hot wings. Hot wings. Yeah, but I didn't didn't sign up for hot wings, you know. I'm sure I'll have to... uh, Sample a few. I love wings, but you know <laughs> you when I do the vortex out there and cook some hot wings. I could have, you know, it was only thirty five bucks. That's a good idea, really. I may you add it. Jump in, yeah, you can jump in. Heck yeah, they'll let anybody jump yeah. in. You want to pay thirty five dollars? They'll let you jump in. But so I'm excited about that one. Variety Club's always fun. Yeah, and it's Used, close to home. Yeah, it's close to home. And then OBR uh, through Mark Lambert is hosting a double. It's really a triple contest because they've added a tri tip category but they're going to do on sunday the first thing we're doing tri-tip snake river farms send them a bunch of tri-tips for the teams to cook it's thousand dollars first place prize you turn in a whole tri-tip and the good thing about that one is nobody around here's cooked tri-tips <laughs> <laughs> we're in mississippi most of them don't know what a tri-tip is i think it's some kind of bass or something probably. <laughs> <laughs> tri-tip bass but uh i've cooked a few of them and they're great it's you know I'm thinking that that one's going to be a little more on the rare side because tri-tip needs to be rare. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they're going to – I hadn't really seen the rules on it. But from what I what I was, you know, just giving them advice, I said, man, we need to do that with medium rare instead of medium, like a normal ribeye that yeah. they want. Then we're going to cook steak one, and then we're going to cook steak two right behind it. And you get – Three chances in one weekend to go to the World Foods, go to the SCA uh, in October. That's you know that's my goals for this year, and we've kind of changed up. You know we're we're cooking, of course we're cooking KCBS, and I'll cook my share of them. I'm not one of these guys that cooks forty KCBS trying to run for team of the year. I like to do you know fifteen, sixteen KCBS, 
you know, 13 or 14 SCAs. We're actually going to do some, we're going to do Memphis in May. We got a few NBA. My, my goals for this year, number one, I want to, I want to win Memphis in May, but I definitely want to get on stage <laughs> at Memphis in May. You know, you can't say, oh, that's my goal. I'm going to win Memphis in May, but I'm going to win Memphis in May. <laughs> then I want to go to the Jack. You know, I got to win some KCBS contest to get some names in. If I win Memphis in May, I know I get to go to the Jack. Yeah, yeah. So I can knock that out in one weekend. But I also want to qualify for the SCA contest out in Fort Worth. And then I want to qualify the for the World Foods. Yeah. yeah, the SCA, the World Championship SCA, we've been to it twice now. Mm-hmm. And that's such a fun event. You know, I fell, I fell in love with these steak cook-offs, man. They're, they are fun. We have such a good time, and it's like all my barbecue buddies. We, you know, a lot of times we're on teams, and you know, we're at contests. It's so serious, KCBS contests and stuff. We don't see each other a lot. These state contests, There's a lot of work involved too. We hang out, we rib each other. You know, we, we're sitting there jawing the whole time and tell them how we're going to beat them in steaks, and everybody's having a good time. Beers flowing a little bit. You know, our grills are right beside each other, and we're elbow to elbow seasoning doing everything it's not it hasn't gotten to the point to where it's taking the fun out of it like i would say competition barbecue has in a way i mean it, i still love cooking comps but they're not as social as i like you know i got into barbecues i like having a good time you know i want to be out there and see my buddies out. and hang yeah. out and of course i want to win but hey but since you're all cooking up against each other in the seas you kind of started steak team hashtags yeah team. that's my that's our new thing too we're uh even though we're all cooking against each other, well, since we all come from kind of the same area, I said, man, we'll just call this a big steak team. We're not going to have a name. We're just going to be steak team. <laughs> Anybody can be on steak team. That's, that's a, steak team is a state of mind. Yeah, steak team. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> we're a steak team lifestyle. But we're having fun with that. Man, I'm gonna, we're going to build a website with it, and we'll add some people to it. You know, it's not just going to be being Wayland and used, you yeah. know, Team Keller Halls. We're going to put some other people on there. And we're going to do some of these state contests and, you know, just go out and have a good time. That's that's really what it's all about. When we started KillerHog.com, it was just about having a good time. I mean, we started a MySpace page, and we had all our party picks up there, and that's all it was. So that's kind of what I see my vision for steak team. I mean, we're going to spread the word on how to cook some steaks and stuff. Yeah. But it's about having a good time while we're out cooking. It's about camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. And beating folks down <laughs> with steak. <laughs> and also, you told Daddy you'd send him a steak man shirt. I do. He told, he told me he was large, didn't he? I got to say, hey, Daddy got a call. I think he was in the top five in the, in the Friday night steak cook-off at the SCA. Yeah, Brad Orson's dad. From the, the shed. shed, yeah. His, his name is Daddy O, and yeah, what place did he get in the state contest? It was his first state contest ever. Yeah, he was in top ten. I think it was top five. I'm not mistaken, but I'd have to go back and I don't know where the results are. But smooth thirty four. That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I hope you guys enjoyed. This is our first time, our first podcast. So y'all got in on episode one. And please, Hopefully they'll get better. Yeah, Our videos we, have gotten better. <laughs> I promise you that the podcast can get better as we learn this. But, you know, we wanted to sit down. We wanted somewhere. to talk about, you know, a few things that we wanted to talk about. And sometimes it'll be short. Sometimes it'll be long. But We'll have you know, some guests on. Yeah. Some people we want to. We're going to grow it. If you guys got any ideas and stuff, y'all know y'all can hit me up on uh, social media. I love 
Instagram, Facebook, Facebook Twitter. Twitter. You can hit all those places up. It's really um, hard for us to answer all the comments in the YouTube section. So if you have any comments, if you have any questions, Facebook and Twitter is the number one place. We check them every day. Malcolm answers all the questions. So It's not a robot. It's really me. <laughs> so. Sometimes I have to make him sit down and answer questions, but we, we get them done every day. But, so, guys, thank y'all for listening, and, you know, shoot us some comments. Let us know what you thought. This has been the How to Barbecue Right podcast, episode one. We'll see y'all next time.